Filmmaker Commentary, episode 183. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, where we cover movies with commentaries from directors who take the time to record them on Blu-ray and DVDs. We also give our detailed insights, so look out for spoilers. We discuss the latest in showbiz news along with movies and TV shows that we've been watching. So join Reginald Titus Jr. That's me. And Casey G. Smith. That's me. Every week here on Filmmaker Commentary. Welcome to another episode of Filmmaker Commentary. I'm Reginald Titus Jr. I'm joined with Casey G. Smith. Welcome back, sir. Good to be back, sir. And today we're talking about Death Becomes Her. Directed by Robert Zemeckis. He didn't write this one. What was the budget and box office for this film? So this film dropped in 1992 with an estimated budget of $55 million. It went on to gross $149 million. That's a win. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what type of awards did this film win? So this film actually did win an Academy Award for Best Effects and Visual Effects. That's pretty cool. Yes, sir. And rightfully, uh, rightfully deserved. Industrial light magic again strikes again. Boom. Um, what was like kind of like the sentiment at the time? Where Roger and Ebert, you know, what were some of these? What was kind of the vibe of the of the industry in regards to this film? Um, it seems like it was pretty well well received. Um, it's a, it's a because of its nature. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <clears throat> Try that again. Excuse me. Because of its nature as a as a dark comedy, I think you got to see some of these characters in a different kind of light without jumping too heavy into the plot just yet. Mm. But um, it's it's a it's a fun film that that holds up uh, over time. So I think for its time, it, it would have resonated with certain audiences, and it's uh, it's paced very well. Mm-hmm. And again, the the effects are are cutting edge for its time, right? And some I think hold up even now fairly well mm-hmm. so absolutely um yeah from i don't even know what the sentiment was for us at the time well i was so young when it came out that uh, it was just to us like enamoring uh and then yeah but we'll dive into that in a minute uh before we talk further about death becomes her let's talk about tv news and movies what you mean what's in the news (laughs) so in the news uh, according to deadline david fincher's the killer gets a six minute ovation at the venice world premiere at its Venice world premiere, David Fincher's latest feature, The Killer, earned a six minute and 45 second applause Sunday evening at the film's world premiere screening at the Venice Film Festival. The atmosphere inside the room following the premiere was respectful with Fincher in attendance without his main cast, but a healthy contingent of Netflix collaborators and his filmmaking partners leading the applause. Um, as a Netflix production, the film is not eligible for SAG's interim agreement program. What does that even mean? I don't even know. I was going to say, I don't know what that means. Uh, the pick, based on Alex Nolent, uh, pen name Matt's, and Luke Jacombs' graphic novel series, stars Michael Fassbender and his Fincher's first feature since 2020's 
Mank, also for Netflix, which scored 10 Oscar nominations, including Best Picture, and won two. Mank won two Oscars? Apparently. What? Have you seen Mank? Uh-uh. It looked super boring. Ah. Maybe worthwhile circling around to. I don't know. Uh, Fassbender plays an assassin who battles his employers and himself on an international manhunt while insisting none of it is personal. Hmm. Yeah. Again, it's adapted from a graphic novel. Yeah. So, Mank was one of those, you know, hats off to Hollywood kind of films. You know. Uh Ah. But anyhow. Also, according to Variety... Um, box office. Denzel Washington's Equalizer Three opens to thirty-four million. Aims for strong forty-three million through Labor Day. Uh, through Labor Day, uh, Denzel Washington's bloody assassin thriller, The Equalizer Three, debuted at the top of the box office charts with thirty-four point five million over the weekend and an estimated forty-one million through Monday's Labor Day holiday. I'm the one selling the records. <laughs> it's the second biggest Labor Day opening weekend in modern times, though the holiday isn't known for bringing people to the movies. After the record holder, um, excuse me, after the record holder Marvel's 2021 blockbuster Shang Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings, the next highest-grossing Labor Day debut was Rob Zombie's 2007 Halloween remake. Wow! Still, the turnout for Equalizer Three speaks to Washington's status as a box office draw. It landed in an A cinema score for audiences and holds a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the highest for the trilogy. The film adds $26.1 million at the international box office for a global start of $60.6 million. The three-day domestic figure is nearly the same as its predecessors, the 2014 The Equalizer, which debuted at $35 million in uh, 2018. Well done. Yes, sir. Have you been watching anything? And have you caught like any trailers? Recently, I, I did see the trailer for the killer upon your recommendation. Yes, indeed. Uh, looks looks interesting. Um, some of the trailers that I've seen, but I didn't jot down. But how about you? You seen any other trailers? Yeah, man. Uh, well, not any other trailers, but specifically that one. Um, I just enjoy the way it was cut. It's it's kind of original because they do give a lot of information with the visuals, but it's cut quickly where your brain just can't keep registering too much of it it's cut quickly and it's just a voice over of michael fassbender doing his affirmations of being right. a killer like reciting a mantra almost that's it he's just doing his his affirmations as a killer stick to the plan <laughs> yeah no empathy oh, i'm intrigued and so like oh man it's not your typical trailer and so you really can't judge it 100 it's like oh i appreciate the creativity and not giving away the plot i really appreciate that Mm-hmm. And you always, I mean, movies are about conflict. You always know that all these mantras he's reciting, they're going to get broken. Absolutely. You know, like get, you got to break them. And more conflict ensues. <laughs> what you been watching, Reginald? Um, outside of um, that, I did, this is kind of more in the media, uh, just like, you know, different media we listen to or, or read or whatever. Consume. I, I, consume. I've consumed a book called The Black Founder by Stacy Spikes. He was one of the founders of Media Pass, which is kind of related to our industry. Ha ha. Um, but now, uh, overall, there was just an inspirational book. You know, it's an inspirational book that's like, you know what? If you have an idea, go after that idea. And go at If you have a good idea and it could be a good plan, go after it 100%. Because sometimes when we talk to like different, say it's not like an entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial person but somebody just thinking about doing a business or they have this goal they want to reach and they're just like you know what I need money to do that thing so let me do this other thing so I have money for that thing 
problem with that is when you do that other thing, say, for example, it's a, like a cleaning business. Like, I'm going to get into the cleaning business so I can have money for this thing that I want to do. Uh, sometimes you get caught up in your new business, which is the cleaning business, and now that becomes your world for five, eight, ten years. So sometimes instead of doing that, go directly for your goal and what you want to do and don't keep prolonging it because one thing next thing you know you run out of time you're older and you don't even have the energy or want to do it anymore um that's what i kind of taken out of that book it was a very inspirational book very nice very nice uh as far as alternate media i've been consuming i'm currently listening to an audio book on one alexander hamilton by ron chernow this is the same book that one lynn Manuel Miranda used as inspiration for the Broadway play Spectacular yes. Hamilton. Hamilton. Very interesting. It, it, it's fun to go through because I'm, I'm a big fan of of the play, the musical, and um, I had recently started listening to the soundtrack again in my travels for work, mm-hmm. and I and I, I subscribed to Audible and I started thinking, man, you know what? I want to. I think I want to check out the the actual book that. Uh, that Lin Manuel Miranda actually read, and so I found it on Audible, and it's like thirty six hours, you guys. It's a Dang. it's a long, but I, but it's good value because most audiobooks are like six to eight hours, so I'm getting a lot of bang for my buck with this one, and I am eighteen hours into it, but it's super interesting to to hear uh, about not only the exploits of Hamilton, but just the founding of the nation and all these different things. A lot of stuff. This guy again, it, it says it in the. In the play, this guy was nonstop in his writing, constantly writing. So anyway, really enjoying that and just seeing um, and or hearing how uh, how things were formed. And it's fun hearing how inspirations for different songs came about and how Lin-Manuel Miranda is able to take these certain key aspects of the book and then turn those into into a song and, and summarize a you know, whole era of time in the country's history. It's, 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 it's pretty pretty awesome. So yeah, I'm enjoying enjoying that listen. Yes, indeed. Um, as far as like TVs, I watch. I did watch a movie. Um, one movie. It's called Steel, a Michael J. Fox film, and it's a documentary about Michael J. Fox. Okay, I actually watched that today. I was like, I didn't intend on watching this movie today, but I had some extra time, and I just want you know. I was like, ah, I'll just I'll just play it real quick and mm. see where this thing goes. And I'm just I'm sucked in right away. I'm like, dang. This is good because I use a lot of Michael J. Fox like voiceover of him, like just kind of narrating and explaining certain things that's happened in his life so that it's clear. So it's clear to the audience, because sometimes when you interview him, you know, because of his Parkinson's disease, it's hard to kind of understand what he's saying and he can't get to his point quickly. It's like coming to his brain, but he can't physically get it out. And so that's frustrating. But uh, basically the whole thing is about a short kid from um, a, Canadian army base becomes the international pop culture darling of the 80s only to find the course of his life altered by a stunning diagnosis the actor who is incurable optimist is forced to confront an incurable disease so you know he kind of gives a brief story of his rise to Hollywood because you know he just came from like just you know regular you know regular you know what they call it a humble beginnings mm-hmm. like meager beginnings meager like getting see like he's a short short guy i don't know how tall he is but he's gotta be like it looks like like five foot one and like a he's just short dude so 
Uh, because of that, he's getting bullied a lot, getting picked on, getting punched. So he learns to run. So if you see him in all these movies, he's always running. It's kind of like Tom Cruise. Like Tom he's short, Cruise. He's short too, but he's like just always running somewhere. Um, but he relies heavily on his ability physically. My, Michael J. Fox always has. He's even a little kid. He'll just two years old run off to the store, just run out the house, just run out, run to the store, go buy some stuff. Yeah. The, the 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 owner of the store is calling his parents like, hey, your kid's here. And he has money. So apparently he's taking some money, run up. And just like you just follow like how this crazy kid, had, how did he get to Hollywood? But he found his recourse in drama. So in drama, in school, that's where he found out he had talent for becoming like having punchline, he like he always has a punchline ready to go no matter what, mm. and that he had to learn that from being like bullies, you know, making people laugh and like getting out of stuff. So he always has something ready. And um, they had a casting call in L.A. His dad was like, "Is this something you really want to do? This is on you if you want to do it. You can drop." And basically, at that to do that, you have to drop out of school and follow it like a job. Like <laughs> this is your job now. So his dad uses credit cards to finance this whole situation and that's kind of how how his career started wow uh where'd you watch this documentary apple plus okay yeah it was good man it was just like inspiring real human story you get uh you get to see how he came into it while he's explaining it in his current state of parkinson's and then you see him like Dude, like you see him fall, like because he's trying, he's walking while he has his Parkinson, and it's like real bad. And so, like in the street in New York, somebody was like, "Hey, Michael, Mr. Fox," and he turns around, boom, falls. Oh, and wow. like, but he always has somebody around him to kind of help him up. But he he wants to walk, you know. So yeah, he wants to live his life, dude. But as it best is best as he can. Oh man, it's it's rough seeing it though because he's he wants to go fast, like he can't help, like he wants to go fast, and everybody keeps telling him to slow down. <laughs> he just keeps going fast. He's broken his wrist. So part of the movie he has like this cast on his wrist. He's broken, had to have pins in his wrist. He's fallen eye first into some furniture. So he's like got a scar on his eye that they got to cover up in paint because he's like hit this stuff. Like he's oh, broken his arm. He's jacked himself up pretty bad, you know. Man, I, uh, you know, I was, you know, two, two years ago, as of last month, two years ago, you know, I, and survived a stroke, and I went through a, a period of life where I, I couldn't walk, mm-hmm. where I wasn't sure if I'd be able to to walk again or to move again. And I, I, by the grace of God, I've I've come a long way. But as I have met and spoken with other people, whether fellow stroke survivors or people who are dealing with different kinds of medical situations, it's uh, man, just just you know, times make you make you count your blessings like the, the the small things that we take for granted. Just being able to to walk or walk upstairs or be able to live independently it again it's something that we don't think we take for granted but we do yeah until yeah, something absolutely. until something until you get to sit your butt down yeah until yeah. something prevents you from doing what used to be totally natural and normal for you mm-hmm. so uh, my heart goes out to him because i mean you know i'm, I'm still not at a place where i where i can run yet yeah but i i have the chance to potentially get there again where you know at least at this point for for Mr. Fox, you know, that's not a not a reality for him, but who knows what kind of breakthroughs might might uh, come in the in the future in, in his in his lifetime. Yeah, man. He has his disease, but to be fair, you know, he he married uh in his twenties the young lady from the family ties. Uh the lady it was one of the actresses that came that was in one of his episodes that was like 
Oh, what what I can't remember what they were saying in the episode, but he had married her. Like he was he was the first woman that checked him on him. He was like, "You're a jerk." Da 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 da. You you know don't ever say that to me. You know, kind of checked him because he was acting like a jerk. Mm. You know, on after his kind of like fame from Back to the Future and all that stuff. Sure. So he the stuff that he can kind of get away with, he started getting away with on set. You know, Will Smith kind of did some of the same stuff after like. Season or two, Fresh Prince, yeah, they're yeah. young, and you got you got money. Why you not got, flex? You got it. power in Hollywood. You got some respect, and Hollywood eats that crap up. You know, the more of a jerk you can be, is like, oh, he's he's made it. He's the one. You know, right. he or she. You know, they earned the right to be a jerk. Um, and she checked him on it, and mm-hmm. he said, "I fell in love at that moment." <laughs> Nobody's ever talked to me like that. Yeah, some people are, are wait waiting for that. Waiting, waiting for oh, that. Oh man, but it it, it like. It grounded him, and he said he would go back, you know, to, with his parents because they didn't care. His his dad was like, you know, we don't really care about the Hollywood thing. It was cool for him, you know, to do that, and we like seeing him, but we don't get caught up with with the events and all that stuff. And so when he comes home, he said it grounds him, mm-hmm. so he doesn't become that person. But yeah, um, they got two kids. You know, they're all the kids are grown. What is he in his fifties? Maybe sixties by now. Fifties, yeah, mid fifties or sixties, yeah, mid fifties, I think. Um, but- but doing all right because keep in mind when he l- finally let everybody know about his Parkinson, what took a long time for him to do, they he they still allowed him to to act and just be a character that has Parkinson's, mm-hmm. and so um, his foundation, Michael J. You know, foundations raised over a billion dollars. They're wow. okay. They're fine. That's wonderful. So <laughs> to be able to have you know people to guide you walk you to where you need to go it's a different life it's uh <laughs> having to depend on the people yeah it, it's uh you know that's not it's, free it's very, it's very humbling but i mean he's been living with this though for decades now yeah but um yeah absolutely yeah and it, it's finally got to the point where he actually has to have somebody now like at yeah. first in his 20s 30s he was he was kind of able to like mask it with drugs and mm-hmm. you know his hands start moving weird so I'm gonna hold this bottle right or find something to hold while I'm acting so nobody sure. would know and that's how he was able to kind of pull it off but it's, it's a debilitating thing it sounds like I'll tell you what though as far as him Utilizing his Parkinson's, there's an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm yes I he, saw that where clip he play, where he plays himself <laughs> yeah it's hilarious. It is. Oh man, it's it's so it's so the way they they played out. Yeah. It's based on the character of Larry David, who who he is. Yeah. And there's just that whole ambiguous thing. He was like, he doesn't know if Michael J. Fox is doing certain things <laughs> on purpose or if it's the Parkinson's. Yes. And it's like left like kind of ambiguous. It's, oh, it's it's so good. Like it's. I saw a clip of that, and then like Michael J. Fox was handing him like a coke, and he opens it, and then it like splashes everywhere. And then Michael J. Here you go. He said, it's on purpose. And he was like, Parkinson's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, that whole episode is. That's fantastic. It's, oh, it's hilarious. It's hilarious the way that plays out. <laughs> it's called Still, right? And it's on uh-huh. Apple, Apple Plus. Absolutely. Excellent. So I I got quite a few things I've been watching. Uh, one, I watched a couple episodes of uh, Coach Prime, which you had mentioned Uh-huh. Last year, uh, sometime. Yeah. Maybe maybe it was this year, but I don't think it was last year. Maybe sometime you you had you at had, least four months ago. Yeah, at least four months ago you had you had seen it, and so I watched two episodes of that, and then I watched the very last episode because I was gearing up for uh, Coach Prime's uh, debut game with Colorado University right. uh, against TCU, which happened this past Saturday, which was incredible. It was. I'm, I'm there with you. Game. I watched that as well. An amazing, amazing game. So shout out to Coach Prime and Colorado University. Uh, I also watched the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. 
which is uh, streaming on on, okay. on Peacock. I, wait, no, that one did not, well, didn't it? This That's is the animation. animation. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that not back. The, not I, the look, I'll take that one back. from the late 90s, <laughs> early 90s <laughs> trash. Um, but no, this was actually really good. Okay. This is the was, animation, so yeah. like, that's different. It was... I, I and it did it, well at the box did, office. Yeah, it did very well. I find it super fascinating in, in the long lineage of failed video game films that both... Uh, the two big mascots, Sonic and Mario, come out with like very successful films. They gotta be animated, though. You know, it's. I think that's the key. Trying to make them live, all everybody live action, it just doesn't work. I'll. Go, I mean, they're bad. You know, Batman was a bad movie. You know the. Yeah. You know it, it's the. Uh, comes down to the script, right? You gotta have a good a good script. I mean, because these are these are just they're just based on a an existing property. Uh, for the longest, superhero movies were bad, and they finally cracked. They finally cracked the code and got the formula right. To who, who cracked the start. code? Well, initially, the first Superman I think was the first good, like the Christopher Reeve Superman, like that. that oh, that was a long time ago. That was that 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 was eighties. But uh, but but in between, there's a lot. I'm just saying, when did they of, crack the code? <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of bad ones in between. But then and then Michael Keaton Batman. Well, did pretty good yeah. but then they really really got it when the MCU came along well Spider-Man was good Spider-Man was solid mm-hmm. uh, some good X-Men films Blade I would say Blade You're, Blade cracked the code yeah Blade Blade pretty awesome Blade did a really really really, really yeah. good job one and two were solid mm-hmm. uh, but but nonetheless um, I think but mascots though because like Sonic is is like this yeah it's this weird thing and so is the wire brothers is like even though they're brothers and things it's just like they're not really people <laughs> but see the thing is watch the film because like, they actually uh-huh. they actually humanize them a little bit more okay. like they actually so they take the nose down and the, the well, mushroom clout person is a person no like, okay uh, well there's when i say like the without going like major spoilers, people when i say humanize them like you see that they actually have a family like not oh, like wife okay. and kids I, but like like they live with their parents, but how does how would that edge. look like with live people though? That's what I mean. That's what I said. Like I think animation. Oh, we talk about animation versus live action. Yeah, it's Eek. different. Yeah, I, I I do think it was good that they went anim- animated. And I think that works. But, uh-huh. see, but Sonic's the hybrid because Sonic's actually in a real world, like in his. In but his he's films. an animation. Exactly, he's an animated character, but he's in a real world setting. Uh-huh. But they still got to work. So I don't know it's some kind of hybrid. Nonetheless. The movie was <laughs> was durable, and I'm and I'm I am not a huge, excuse me, Mario fan. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, I don't. I oh, that's right. You I, protested the the video game. Yeah, I typically don't even play Mario games. The only person I know that did that. I know. I like I like uh, sending out, but <laughs> but respect. The movie is solid. The movie is solid. It's enjoyable, uh-huh. and uh, I'll I'll watch the next installment. Wow, and yeah. that's on what platform? It's streaming on Peacock. Ah, okay. I think I got that one. Yes, sir. I watched some more sports. So, uh, Shikari Richardson, um, she's a sprinter. She's the one who had gotten in trouble last year, well, sometime last year, uh, for she was like smoking weed or something like that. And it showed up in her, her urine or whatever. And so they were like, she couldn't go to, was it the, it was Olympics, I think. Wasn't it the Olympics last year? What year are we in? We're in I think it was the Olympics, wasn't it? Uh, Last year was y'all correct me, but it was a 2022. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, it's always on even years. Um, so she couldn't make it, and that made headlines. Like a lot of people were like giving her a hard time. I mean, this is a real young young lady. Uh, I was like, 
Okay. Um, so she's kind of come changed some things around, got some new people in her circle, went to the to the world games and dominated for in the hundred meter. She's a sprinter in a hundred meter. Usually Jamaicans on the most in the most recent years have been dominating. True. Killed both of those you know, women. <laughs> Got they got them and then in the four by one they won again. She broke the record in a hundred men and a hundred really? meters and got and they won in the four by one. And so like she's like her personality is like she's kind of toned it down, but you can see her like maturing before people's eyes. It's like it was cool to see because and she's also not afraid to check people, kind of like Deion Sanders what we saw with TCU. Just like hey, a lot of y'all counted me out and I and I was there. Keep receipts. Yep. Yeah, like when y'all and the guy, you know, because people try to be patronizing, especially a lot of these media people, instead of just treating people like humans, they right. want to be patronizing, especially when it's an African American person. It's like even worse. Mm. And so she was checking guys like, so what did you do differently this time? You know, I didn't pay attention to media people like yourself and da 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 da, and like just kind of like Ooh. was reading people their rights and people were like snickering like, oh snap. Mm. So it is cool to see, and it really is through hard work, through your faith. And not getting caught up in what people are saying about you, you know, and just kind of just doing the work. The work is what people can't, when you do the work, people just have to shut up. It's also learning from your mistakes too. Yeah. Because what you did before was a mistake, you yeah. know, that's, and so it's, it's one thing also when you're growing up in front of. Yeah. It's, it's weird well. though, because like with, there's always subtle differences when it's race because Michael Phelps, when he, when they talk about it, da, 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 it's like, it's kind of celebrated, you know? Yeah. You know, five time gold medalist, da, 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 da. You know, he, those pictures of him like smoking weed and doing all this stuff. A hat came out and that was like a real controversial thing, but they made it into like a fun thing. They didn't really like treat him like a criminal because of that. Uh, but they kind of went extra uh, with Shikari. He had, he had some of the success already though. So yeah. did Shikari. She already had success. Gold medals, though? Not gold medals, but just like her her coming up thing is like. She's, she was still on the come up, though. So there's. Still there's, is currently on the come up. Right, you right, know? right. Again, not. Because he's so young, you know what sure. I mean? Yeah, I'm saying, but he had he had established some of his success already. So he, it's yeah, like, it, was in, it was in college. It had came out later. So he was like college photos that had came out of him. Right, but he'd already won some of his gold medals already. I don't know. I think I don't, yeah, I'm, 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 I don't, I'm quite I'm quite sure. So he was in college when he won the gold, the gold medals? I thought he was out of college. No, when his stuff started coming up about whatever, I guess maybe smoking, I thought that came out after he had already. Yeah, after the fact, trying to tarnish like his, you know, yeah, trying to tarnish his Yeah, name. but it's like, I already got the gold. Like, okay. So it's yeah. like. Yeah, so it's, so it's just treated differently when it's, you have to be a hundred percent. We all know that you got to be, you got to be on your P's and Q's because you give the media anything, they're going to use it. And turn it up. Yeah. So, but anyhow, it was kind of cool to see this weekend and the week before that, some of these athletes kind of get their sweet revenge and just kind of handle the media like sometimes how they are mm. and, uh, and handle them the same way. Well, congrats to her. Yeah. And congrats to Coach Prime. And, and America, because she's representing America. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Take that, Jamaica. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so I also again went a little old school, and I watched on uh, on Max. I watched a movie called Mannequin. Oh 19, man, you take it back. What was what platform? Max. Dang. Max. Has, I might have has to watch that. A lot that. of freaking movies on. Oh, awesome. Like Good redemption. <laughs> man. So as a kid, that Matt that Mannequin was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Yeah. Um, 
I remember that. We watched that over and over again. Yeah. So yeah. I watched it multiple. And I, I would always, it was back when, you know, it wasn't on demand. It was just whenever it was on, you caught it. You and had I, to catch I would, it. I would, be in the always, middle. I would always miss the very beginning. It yeah. was, it was, I don't know, maybe like the 10th time oh, when that's I right. finally caught it at the beginning one day. I was like, oh, wait, she's from Egypt? Like, I, like, I was like, <laughs> wait, what? This European woman is <laughs> from <laughs> Egypt? I didn't even know. That's why I was just like, Wait a minute! I, 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 that that was just weird. Yeah, and now it's even weirder. Uh, oh she's Lily White. I'm yeah. not uh, Sharon's. You know, whatever. So it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Probably. But Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Yo, stay fine. Like she was. Oh wait. There we go. Like man, like in this movie, she is like magnetic. Like her and you know the the dude playing Jonathan. Yeah, I like forgot his name. Doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your name doesn't is. Doesn't matter. <laughs> like the chemistry between the two, though, it's man, it is it's fire. And yeah, uh, yeah. but it, it's it's funny how they play into like the fact he's the only one that can see her. So for everybody else, it's like, oh, what's this guy doing with his mannequin? <laughs> <laughs> now as an adult, I'm like, that's pretty hilarious. How they how they how they play that whole thing. It's like, oh, this is this guy is weird but like oh no he's just an eccentric genius no he's weird he's <laughs> taking this mannequin into the women's restroom and he's talking with them the employees are listening terrible. yeah and you watch that you're like oh this is this is a PR is nightmare a <laughs> but what makes it so weird is that the, the the lady who owns the department store she's like I know you're a little eccentric Jonathan but you know it's okay like this guy keeps getting raises like the beginning of the movie sounds like America to me <laughs> Beginning of the movie, this guy can't hold a job for anything. He, That's he, funny. He's fired from every single job. He's like a he went to art school. He's like an artist, and, he's, and he he takes too much time being artistic on stuff, and he keeps uh, at a retail fired. store. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it's it, it's it's uh it's still a fun film. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 definitely eighties. But uh, yeah, mannequin on Max still uh still a lot of fun. Yeah. Didn't they have a brother in there? They had, they did have a brother in there. Yeah. A little eccentric. Uh, uh, not eccentric. Uh, no, he's gay. Yeah. He's, he's, he's gay. And <laughs> he's very, all the way out. Yeah, gay and very flamboyant. Flamboyant. That's the word. Uh, what's his oh, um, He had the, uh, like the glasses. What I remember was like the zigzag glasses. Yeah. Oh, man. What's his freaking name? That's crazy. The, the stuff you remember. It's like, I don't Mercedes. That was his name? It's Mercedes. It's something like a single, single name, extra flashy. What's dude's name? I gotta, I gotta look it up. Yeah, I, I just I was like, and he, and he talks he, he talks about himself in the third person, uh, and uh, he he does this he does this this crying thing <laughs> like constantly throughout <laughs> the film. He's he's super over the top, <laughs> but uh, yeah, mannequin man, it's a uh, it's still a pretty 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 funny. entertaining. Yes, sir. That's funny. Um, you been watching anything else, sir? That's it, man. Um, yeah, that's it. Is it for me? I'm sure there were some more things I'd probably forgotten, but um, yeah, it's it's been a sports week, sports kind of thing. Oh, one thing I did watch, um, Joe Rogan had Hulk Hogan on his show, and to brother, listen, brother, uh, let me get amped up real quick, brother. Hollywood, that's that's his name. Hollywood, oh, of course. Why do we forget that? How can we forget that? Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't couldn't pull it out. Hollywood, Hollywood Hogan. He's the guy who was on in. Later on in the in the in the, the show designing women, uh, yeah, same same actor. That's right. He was popular. Yeah, and and interesting enough, you know, I've been watching First and Ten a lot, and Delta Burke, who plays the the owner of the team on that show, of course, she then also goes on to the show designing women. <sighs> anyway, and uh, um, so Hulk Hogan on Joe Rogan, 
Yeah, just been watching clips of that on YouTube. So it's been interesting to see, like, listen to his stories of like how he almost got killed, shot, and like the different tours. Because you told me about like the different tours of the wrestling and stuff like that, and how like people were actually willing to kill over their territory, yeah. and how like one of the wrestlers like had came. I forgot what territory was it in Florida. It was a territory and. They try to book shows in that territory, mm-hmm. and the guy that was responsible for the territory ended up slicing the neck, killing a guy, like killing, murdering a guy mm. uh, for trying to come into that territory. And he said, like, so many of the wrestlers were scared. They just got up out of there. Then another time, like, he was trying to go into another territory, and a guy pulled a gun on him. He was like, I- I'm going to murder you. Like, this is going to be, but he needed a job. And so Hulk Hogan gave him the job. I was like, Holy crap. It's pretty serious. Even uh, on the show uh, Young Rock, which, man, I'm so bummed that NBC canceled that. It went two seasons. But even in the, the territory of Hawaii where The Rock's um, grandmother was, like mm-hmm. she, she got in trouble with the law because she had threatened. Another guy was trying to come into the territory, and like she threatened the guy, like pulled a weapon on him. Mm-hmm. It was very serious. Yeah. And, again, pro wrestling, it was, it was like Wild Wild West, man. It was So it, it's almost like, it's like gangs, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, we're responsible for this territory. Respect me. If you want to come into my territory, let's yeah. work out something. There's there's a lot of hierarchy in, in professional wrestling, even especially back in those days when you came into an area, like you you gave respect to, to you know, those who had been in the business for a while. Even like if you went into WWE, like back when Undertaker was still wrestling, like he was the, like the, people call it the locker room leaders. Mm-hmm. Like you... You go on, you you shake, you shake, you shake their hands, you you show respect. You there's there's like a protocol of things. It's kinda I think maybe change some, but there's still deference well, you give to certain well, people. Of course. Hulk Hogan was like basically uh was it is it Vince McMahon senior? Uh he was the one that followed that protocol, but Junior <laughs> didn't want it to and so that's what got him in all this trouble. Yeah. And so like, you know, getting people killed and things like that. Like that's happening under, you know, the Vince Jr. like kind of changing that territory. We're just gonna go in. Like, yeah, he, he's he, a nutbag. He totally changed the game. He's a he's 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 bold and maybe a little crazy, but he's genius. You bet. He, I mean some people he, died, so I was like it's <laughs> He changed the game though. He's the one that made it where it made it national, like bought up the territories. He yeah. like bought those dudes out and made it was nationally syndicated. It's crazy. It's totally like change the game, man. Yeah. So you guys have psychopath to come in and do some things, but it, but it changes like how things were handled. So that's the perspective that I've got from that whole Hogan thing. It was just like, Ooh, that's very dangerous. And seeing how many people got kind of like harmed in a way of that. It's like, all right, well, I guess it's like necessary for your, you know, well, here's the other side of it, man. Like there's so many, premature deaths in pro wrestling like unlike any other industry i've ever seen like mm-hmm. the amount of people that die i wonder why young a lot of it's drug. i mean there's a lot of it's drugs mm-hmm. uh a lot of it's, it's drugs especially 80s and 90s steroid use uppers downers loads of loads of drug use but um you know unfortunately this past week like two two wrestlers passed away one was a legend terry funk um passed away he's 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 a you know considered an absolute legend in the industry, but he lived a, a very long, full life. Um, and then there's Bray Wyatt, who was a, a young guy. Like, Bray Wyatt, you know, he was he, he was also known as the, he played a character called The Fiend. and um, <laughs> The Fiend. Yeah, but also but Bray Wyatt is his character's name. His, his real name was Wyndham Rotunda. 
But I mean, this guy, you know, married, got two daughters. He had just come back, but apparently he 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 passed away from a heart attack. But he had gotten COVID, had some complications. But like he, like they did a celebration uh, for him on this past or last last Friday, Friday before last on uh, SmackDown. They did a tribute to him. But I mean, this is a young guy, dude. It, it that's it, it was shocking. Him him passing away is shocking because he mm-hmm. was he had gotten really big in the industry. Um, but yeah, his passing away was just really untimely. Have you been watching anything else? Yes, let me let me burn through a couple more of these. Okay, uh, the Wiz old school went back. Watch the Wiz. Watch the Wiz. You know Diana Ross, Michael well, Jackson, Nipsey Russell. I was about to say Nipsey Hustle. Yeah, I guess um, we. I mean, he got it off Nipsey Russell. You know, you know what I'm saying? saying? <laughs> uh, the, you know, Diana Ross playing um, Dorothy. Oh, oh Michael no. Jackson playing the Scarecrow. Nipsey Russell, Russell. playing the Tin Man. And uh, Ted Ross playing the lion. Ted Ross actually is the only original cast member from the Broadway show that actually made it into the film. Ooh, okay. Sure. But um, yeah, it's the uh, Wiz from 1978 or 79, I think is when it came out. What platform uh, is it on? It's on Netflix. Ah. Uh, also, of course, you know, rocking out with Winning Time, uh, season number two, also on Max. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed that show last year. Still, It's still on. Uh, and still, uh, still a lot of fun this year. Uh, again, I've been you know, rocking old school first and ten on on uh, Freebie. Um, that's I'm like on season three of Dang, first and ten. It's like it, it, yeah, it's, it gets it's, it's pretty good. Like they even had a, a episode I just watched that actually dealt with steroids. Oh, um, yeah, I was like, wow, like they're they're like dealing with some interesting NFL adjacent kind of things. And uh, hey, OJ Simpson is actually in. <laughs> he, he comes oh. in. Oh my God! He comes in second <laughs> season, and he he's he's initially he's he's, he's a player he's called T C Parker. I'm like T C Parker, O J Simpson. Okay, I see what you guys are doing, and uh, he comes as a player who's really banged up. He's, yeah. a, he's a running back, but he's he, he he's 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 had more injuries than anybody else in the league, and he has to retire. <laughs> he becomes an assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Third season, he moves from assistant coach to. GM becomes the first black GM in the in the league. Mm-hmm. Like interesting, but he's actually he's, he's he's married and he's got a kid or whatever. He's actually you know he's flexing his his acting chops. Have to show have to show some range. Uh, it oh that flashed my but the reason I laugh is because there was a YouTube video I had seen and <laughs> it was a lady she's interviewing OJ and she said did you kill Nicole and then he like just straight up asked him he was like no I didn't kill her and then. Um, and I guess he was mad at her. And then, like later on in the ep- in the show or whenever happened, they were still ro- uh, rolling. He opens the door, and has a knife in his hand, and like he was going to stab this lady. It was supposed to be like a practical joke, but it was dark. Oh, oh no. man! I was like, OJ, oh. <laughs> oh, he's nuts! Oh man, that was. Well, I mean, Major League Dave Chappelle. The third time I met OJ Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? That did it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So that's what I've been watching. And today's show is sponsored by... Now that you're the movie by Grind Out Matter Films, available to stream on Tubi, Roku, On Demand, as well as another platform... That, YouTube. That we call YouTube. That's an easy one to remember. Yeah, absolutely. And YouTube. <laughs> Please and, check it out and leave a review. Oh yeah, leave a comment on YouTube because I mean it's blowing up on YouTube. Like comments every day. Literally, I just got a text right now uh, from one of the producers on the film, and she was like, 
this just happened 57 minutes ago people are like this is great this is um, it's just popped up on my feed and like i was thinking about my hair and da, 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 da. okay like, this okay. is awesome somebody was like there's a lot of movies out here. This deserves at least to be nominated for an Oscar. I was like, okay. come on, we'll now. take that. Keep we'll the take love that. going. Keep yeah. The love so going. like every platform that it gets on, like kind of has that little comment section where people kind of blow it up. So that's been cool to see. It's like that on Amazon too. Just comments keep rolling in. Yes, sir. Well, let's jump back into this show. Thank you for tuning in to Filmmaker Commentary. We're talking about Death Becomes Her, directed by Robert Zemeckis. And this came out, what, 1992? This 92. <laughs> this 92. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, let's jump to the synopsis. Two narcissist arch rivals discover the ultimate accessory, a potion that will keep them forever young. When they meet a mysterious enchantress, with deep ties to the Hollywood elite, but they get more than they bargained for when their newfound beauty only intensifies their vanity and rivalry. Death Becomes Her. Rated PG-13. And if this is your first time listening to Filmmaker Commentary, please know that there will be spoilers. You've been forewarned. Yes, indeed. And are you going to introduce our cast? Yes, the cast of Death Becomes Her consists of the Streep monster herself, Meryl Streep, as ah. Madeline Ashton Merville, as well as Bruce Willis as Dr. Ernest Menville. Of course, we have the, the evergreen Goldie Hawn as one Helen Sharp and the enigmatic electric Isabella Rossellini as... Lisa Von Ruman. Oh, we. Yes, sir. Yes, we got some Josephine Baker vibes going <laughs> right? on there. At times. Absolutely. But that's the main cast of Death Becomes Her. How did you watch this film? How did you find out about it? I remember seeing advertisements uh, in the early 90s for it, and I've always seen the key art multiple times, oh. but I'd never watched the film. I'd never even watched the trailer for this film. Dang. But um, all right, yeah. So we're in pretty fresh, but we're on this Zemeckis run. So I rented a Blu-ray from Movie Trading Company and proceeded to partake, and was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I watched this when it was doing its run on HBO back in '94, probably. And they were just, you know, back in the day when they just playing it back to back to back to back. So uh, over that summer, me and my my uh, sister, we were like just enthralled by the thing every time it came on we were watching it mm. uh we were enamored and so this has always been one of my favorite top 100 films um 150 uh <laughs> <laughs> as i watch more and more more coming on the list but definitely just favorite one of my top 100 favorite films uh, it's just a fun watch it's very charming it has its own charm to it i was again very surprised like this is this is pretty darn good. Yeah. I mean, you know, nowadays the CGI is a little, because <laughs> we're used to different CGI, but back then when it dropped, it was groundbreaking. I was like, how did they do that? Like, you just couldn't. And then, you know, things are more clear and more sharp, HD, 4K and all that stuff. But because of the fuzzy standard definition, you couldn't see so much of what we can see now uh, when they remaster it. Like, if it was like on a VHS, it would probably you couldn't see as much of the CGI, but you can definitely tell now. I think in particular when they're first in the theater watching um, watching Madeline's performance, mm -hmm. uh, especially with um, 
Bruce Willis and Goldie Hawn's faces. Like, there's something about, like, they're almost like, this, there's something digital about, I think, their faces on the bodies in, in, in the midst of that audience. It, it doesn't, that looks, it looks oh. interesting. I'm like, hmm. um, they, they did well with the lighting. They definitely have that little bar light where it's just lighting like across their face like that. Yeah, because it, it just, it, it, their, their heads seem kind of like they're just floating. Somewhat, yeah, just around it's like really dark around around their their heads. Anyway, something something about the effect. I'm like that looks different. It looks unique. Mm -hmm. I don't know, some some kind of effect going on there. Yeah, it was a cool little. Yeah, I don't know. I got to go back and look and see on that one. I do, I do remember the light bar going across their face, so you can just see their eyes. And then when they stand up, you can see a hard light hitting them behind them, and just like a outline of their heads. Maybe that's what it is. Um, that, and that's specifically when they're standing up. Um, what did you like or not like about the film? I, I of course, I like this cast, right? Solid cast. There are three um, incredible actors. Um, I also, I, I, I like the, I like the script and the yeah. story. It is a, it is a, it is a, a, a tight script. This thing moves along. There's no dead space mm -hmm. in it at all. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I like the visuals, yeah. Uh, as well, again, I know they're they're a little dated, but I constantly think about the time this was created. I'm like, this, this I see where this would be totally groundbreaking doing something, especially with the the hole inside of Goldie Hawn, the way they worked that, and even like with Meryl Streep when her neck is is jacked up, oh, and man. they go the extra mile and have her next to a mirror. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, they just kind of flexing like like doing that stuff. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> I like. I really like Bruce Willis's performance. I mean, we talk a lot about Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn, but Bruce Willis's performance in this—he mm -hmm. plays such a a vulnerable, beaten down character. Dude, when Bruce—that's one thing I did like was when Bruce Willis is playing a nerd or he's like hysterical. He's, <laughs> he screams multiple times. Like, I'm like, he's got some octave on him, yeah, huh? hey, Bruce. Yeah. Dude, when he's hysterical, he is hilarious. Um, he play. I'm trying to remember another uh, hysterical Bruce Willis. Um, not all the way hysterical, but kind of drunk. Um, Bruce Willis was in um, Four Rooms, directed by one of the stories is directed by Quentin Tarantino. Mm. Um, he's playing like kind of like the drunk Bruce Willis. Funny. I'm trying to remember another one, but when he's playing that guy, is always funny. Because uh, it's just. People forget like his he has comedy chops, you know. Used to be on Moonlighting back in the day with uh, Sybil Shepherd. I think it was Sybil Shepherd who was on that show. With I him. forgot. I don't know her name. It's from the eighties. Show from the eighties. I, re I remember. I don't remember the lady's name, but I do remember the show. Um, but yeah, his you know that career of blowing things up and becoming an action guy that's in the brains of people, so people kind of forget. But he's got he's he's got range, man. Bruce has definite range, and this is something that we don't always get to see the side of him where he is. Again, playing a vulnerable guy, but I really, really enjoy his his performance in this um, doing doing that. And he's in, I mean, almost. You know, now that I think about it, he he's in. I mean, I mean, obviously the film revolves around the three of these these people, but he's in most of the scenes. There's very few scenes that he's not in. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, poor guy was stuck with those she devils. Whew. <laughs> what about you? Uh, what did you like or not like about the film? Um, 
again, Bruce Willis. Um, I just like. I, I think overall, I liked it. I don't think there's not too much. I don't think there's anything I don't like. I don't recall. Likewise. It was like one of my favorite films. So I, I still remember some of the lines stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, this is my favorite film, and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> there's there are some cheeky cheeky lines in this one. Absolutely. Um, from a commentary standpoint, there wasn't any commentary. I thought there was going to be some, but I totally overlooked it. Uh, I just assumed there would be some because Semeca's, you know, in the previous films, he had some, even though they were kind of shoddy uh, with the Q&A. You know, they were coming like 25 yeah. minutes, 30 minutes, and they were kind of like, mm, like, oh, what you doing? Mm. <laughs> um, what did you think? Oh, special features. Did you watch any of the special features? I did. They were nice and quick. Um, <laughs> there is one that is the making of Death Becomes Sir, featuring interviews with director Robert Zemeckis, writer David Coep and director of photography Dean Cundy and product designer Rick Carter and special effects artists Lance Anderson and David Anderson. So that's a about a 15 or 20 minute featurette. Mm-hmm. Then there's a vintage making a featurette of Death Becomes. So that one is about maybe 10 minutes or so, but that mm-hmm. gives you more kind of interviews with the actors themselves, them speaking about the uh... film and cutaways. I think it almost gives away too much. If you had not seen the film and watched really? that, okay. yeah, I'm like, this gives away, I'd be kind of ticked if I saw this. It gives away a little, little too much uh, of the film. But um, but yeah, but that's that's kind of, and there's some still galleries, but that's, that's really it. So trivia and tips, maybe a little light on this episode. What type of tone do you think they, re- they, were, they reached in this film or they were going for? This is a dark comedy. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it kind of, I mean, it's, it's from the beginning, you kind of see, you know, from the very opening, you know, you're, you're going to this Broadway play and, yeah. and you, you instantly see once Helen's character, the way she's looking at, uh, doctor, the way Helen looks at Ernest's character when he's looking at Mad- Madeline's Madeline, yeah. Madeline Ashton. Is that mm-hmm. her name? She's the way she's looking at him while he's looking at her perform. You're like, oh, oh yeah, there's already trouble <laughs> brewing trouble. here, and she's already wrenching on that little napkin or handkerchief, whatever it is. Yeah. She's, she's already wrenching it, wrenching it, looking nervous. And it's so wild that again, uh, such a a beautiful actress as Goldie Hawn, yeah, is feeling second rate and feeling nervous. When normally she's you know, at minimum she's playing you know cute, yeah, normally gorgeous, and yet she's feeling second rate to. To uh, Madeline Ashton, Madeline, who was singing this very, very vain song about <laughs> her and me, and there's mirrors and all this kind of stuff. It's like, wow, this is uh where are we going here? Yeah, right. uh, yeah, it, yeah. I kind of I forgot about all this. I like this is, you know, because it opens up with a crane shot outside. We come down it's like Madeline Ashton. I think it's like Ladybird, Songbird, the, Songbird. <laughs> like what? Yeah, you see her come. I was like, okay, she did do some of those moves for real. So, like, okay, yes, they said, they said she worked very hard uh, uh-huh. for that number. She, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's doing her thing. But also, we also see that she's on the decline because there are people. <laughs> from the moment we get into the theater, there are people walking out. Yeah, it was, as, as as we crane down from her name and lights. Yeah, people are walking out and they're already talking trash about. Oh, she's just gone down the drain. Like they're just already <laughs> like, oh, okay, this is uh, yeah. Doesn't seem so promising, but also she's setting at this, the tone. Though it set it sets the tone on what's happening. Yeah, she's at this weird place in her career where she's doing Broadway, but all of a sudden she has to get disco involved because nineteen seventy eight and this disco number comes uh, into right. play. You're like, yeah. oh, this is a weird blend. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, rough times. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah. I, but I do think like from a from a tone, and then going into styles, uh, the cinematographer they definitely created a style because when you see the when you see the different shots throughout the movie they feel cohesive it feels like we're in a world that the death becomes her world there's a lot of also i noticed during the second viewing a lot of thunder like you hear thunder at different times (laughs) it's a miracle (laughs) yeah well even even like early on i think when uh Maybe like when they when they're in her dressing room when they first meet like yeah. there's something and also oh you really you hear like you hear thunder like oh wait like it's like kind of queued up throughout it's it's fascinating that's interesting how they how they use that that's good sound design yes sir um what, did you have like any themes uh, from the film uh, yes sir I got a couple of uh, themes I have a uh, one theme of vanity. Man, and to go with that, just the open, like you're saying, the opening musical is her looking at mirrors and all that stuff. But that's like her for real, you know, and um, with the mirrors, fire. Yep. And water. Um, Very good. Yes. Absolutely. Water, too. You're right. Yeah. There was a couple like just kind of like iconic things like, wow, these that's going to show up later. Mm. 100%. 100%. I got a theme of revenge. <laughs> oh, man. Ain't that the truth? God. And I just think it's uh, it's just like a metaphor for Hollywood. You know, be careful. Um, yeah. yeah. Fall in that rabbit hole of Hollywood of, like, it's still vanity. You yep. know, you fall into that hole of vanity. Like, what do you do to kind of keep up with something that's fleeting? Like, it's impossible. So, I, 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 have, I put on a contrast of the fountain of youth, and I put... The Desert of Death. Dang. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Fountain of Youth. Because once desert they Desert of Death. Because once That's they true. once they get this fountain of youth, sure they, they're gonna stay forever young, but their bodies are literally dried and decaying till we see at the very end how when they break apart, it's like their bodies have been filled with like concrete or some yeah. kind of dusty materials just to kind of keep them solid and together, but they are literally like breaking apart like statues. They almost seem like mannequins dang um, but yeah so I was like okay they're, they're like a desert of death like because mm-hmm. because parts of them had been destroyed and died like they can't revitalize the part which I find I'll, I'll, I'll say that for for questions <laughs> but um, yeah so uh, I also put decadence as mm-hmm. a theme but yeah you got any other themes Reginald um, probably like just addiction you know there's an addiction to to that vanity and trying to keep up mm. and again with the metaphor of Hollywood of like once you keep going you gotta keep doing the next thing to keep it going so like her addiction was like the the collagen or the blood I think it was like blood transfusions I think that's what she was doing we see that one yeah clip of that one guy in that door <laughs> he's in there strapped strapped to that thing and, and blood is coming cycling. out of <laughs> so like they only recommend that so many times but she's like she's trying to like I I she only did like a couple of weeks. They said, don't do it. You only do it like once every six months or something exactly. like that. You just did it three weeks ago or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So she's trying to keep up. It's like, this is the aging process. I'll do your makeup for you. Makeup means nothing. Her makeup does nothing. <laughs> she's, whew. she is upset. So, and married to a plastic surgeon. Oh, man. Like, and specifically stole him away from Helen because he was a plastic surgeon. Man. Like, wow. That's your is, hustle on. That's. And then broke the guy to where he's a he now does makeup for corpses. Yeah. 
Like, you used this guy up. Like, you broke this dude. Yeah, that's how the game goes. Man. Um, Maybe he's an alcoholic now. <laughs> one, two drinks. I'm an alcoholic. Uh, yes, you are, sir. <laughs> so I have one. Maybe two, two drinks. <laughs> oh, yeah, alcohol. Come on, Eddie. Come on, <laughs> We told you about this drinking thing. You said you're going to quit. We left you alone. <laughs> oh, sad, sad, sad. Um, so yeah, it becomes an addiction. Um, oh, they'll go with another theme is just that it's you're going against the rules of nature, you know, because they talk about the the laws of nature and all that stuff. And it's, it's like you can't fight it, man. They uh, one of the commentators, uh, Stephen A. Smith, he always says, "Father Time is undefeated." You know? <laughs> that, that's that's a rough one, man. Especially if you're like an athlete or something like that. And you know, in this case, women uh, and men that are. They make money off their looks. Off their looks. You know, when when those go away, you got to find a new way to keep playing the game. Mm-hmm. So it's cool, like, you know, like these actors and real life actors, you know, they go into voiceover and other things to keep that longevity True. going. I um I thought Ernest, I thought he had the like one of the coolest perspectives when he's offered that opportunity yeah. to take the potion. And this lady's like pushing him to take it. Drink. Yes. She has like a whole speech to go, and the music is going. Drink. I'm like, I'm like, you push too hard. You push yeah, him too yeah. hard. He's he's just now starting to stand up for himself. Yeah, like you should have coaxed a little more, but she pushed too hard. And he's like, what if I get lonely? <laughs> what if I fall down the stairs? Like he's like thinking a little more scientific. And plus, he's seen what happened too. Yeah. So he's like, he hasn't. You know, a lot of these people haven't seen the dark side of what happens when you do this. Yeah. He's got to witness that. But man, he's like. Yo, I'm gonna spend my life with these, with those two. Like everybody I love is gonna die except for those two. Like <laughs> he mm. kind of doesn't like them now. Yeah, he's got good reason because they're because they're, they're just gonna want him to repair them forever. And then I guess he's thinking he's got to have maybe. Well, he doesn't really care how he looks, but yeah, that's just like man. That's a it's a fair point. Like man, like not being able to die. Yeah. What if you get to a point where you your head comes off? And what if you still just exist and it's just head? What if it's just your eyes left? Well, you just like just stuck in and you're, what if you get buried alive Dang. and you're still forever just looking at dirt or the inside of a yeah. casket and Yikes. you can't move it. Oh, that's, that's kind of terrifying. That would like, it's a nightmare. It's not a dream. It's a nightmare. He said it. <laughs> he said it. You guys. You, you gotta be stopped. You guys gotta be stopped. Oh, like he's literally at the Illuminati castle. Like For this real. is not the time to be talking about like, oh boy. what people need to do. You better run, Doc. You better run. Uh, do you have any favorite scenes or memorable scenes? I do. Um, so my very first one is actually back at the very beginning when when Madeline gets told that Helen is there to visit her, and yeah. she asks, "How does she look?" But then. <laughs> As she's as they're getting ready to bring them in, as as, as they're knocking the door, she's she's trying to practice her surprise face. I don't know why that just cracked me up. She's like, <laughs> and then she's a bad actress. So like, how <laughs> it's crazy to see a good actress play a bad actress. Yeah. So she's practicing how she's gonna be, but her actual reaction is over the top based on how she was supposed to act surprised. It was still over the top. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> too much. That's too much. Yeah. It was. Yeah, I, I that that guy. That was a her, good one. Her practicing, like, oh man, you're you're so fake. <laughs> How about you? Um, 
I just like 14, how the juxtaposition uh, is 14 years have passed. Yeah, it was like seven, seven. Yeah, so it was 14 years have passed and just how complacent they have gone like in their marriage. And just like this dude's in another room. She's in another room. They are avoiding each other. Like when he's walking by, he's like, oh, like he's trying to walk. They just leave without saying anything. Nothing. They are like in there. They got two separate worlds going on and they're just bound by marriage in California because it's too much to be divorced. And the fact that he asked the... The the maid uh, Rosie, mm-hmm. he asked her, "Is it up?" Yeah, that was going to be in my quotes. Like, but yikes! That's a that's a failing marriage, man. <laughs> so in that scene, uh, since you brought that one up, it, it um, <laughs> you know, the maid comes into Madeline's room, mm-hmm. and you know she she's requesting her to tell her that she's beautiful and like just kind of demanding her to tell her that she's beautiful every day. Yeah. And it's supposed to only supposed to happen one day a week or that she's supposed to tell that she looks younger. Yeah. She just she looks beautiful every day, but then she on 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 uh those inaudible says, No, I want I want you to tell me the other thing that you're supposed to tell me on Thursdays. I want you to tell me every day that I look younger. Dang, it's wow. rough. And then so she does that and then she's asking about her husband, like, where is he at? Oh, he's upstairs. Okay. And then she goes upstairs to give him his, you know, to what is it? Vodka. What kind of drink Probably is it? Bloody, Bloody Mary. Mary. Like with the celery. Man, he's just thirsting for that thing too, because he has a celery, throws down and just starts drinking more vodka. Uh but as I she's alcoholic. She's over him and about to give him the drink and he says, Is it upstairs? Um, where is it awake? Is it awake? Wow! It's upstairs. It's in the bath. Oh man, that's rough. And that 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 uh, Rosie's navigating navigating the waters. Yeah, too. Tiptoe, tiptoe. Yeah, it's in the bath. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, because he. Well, you know what? Because he, she works for him. Yeah, he, he's the one with the money. Yeah, like I don't know what Madeline's doing other than spending this dude's money. Yeah. She's got him locked in. She, yeah, pretty much. Hooks her in. Gotcha. So another scene I have is, oh man, we first, now that all these years have passed and we see Goldie Hawn, overweight, has become a cat lady. I remember seeing like when I first put the movie in and it was showing kind of clips, you know, the the DVD menu kind of shows clips. Yeah. And it showed her, I didn't know that was Goldie Hawn. Dang, that's good. Well done makeup. I was like, she's funny too. Dear God, she's this funny, is effective. Yeah, she is. She's like walking with the just heavy set walk. Yeah, oh man, they, and they specifically show a shot of her butt and like just how <laughs> wide it's gotten, and yeah. it, it's like what in the world? Like she's got that suit on, she is rocking it, yeah. and she goes through her cat, and she's got all these cats around. Disgusting. It looks like. I can't imagine how that place smells. Yeah. But she walks to the cabinet, pulls something out of the cupboard and just doesn't like just pulls the top off. I don't know. I don't know what this is. If it's just like straight whipped cream or just <laughs> sour cream, sour cream. Just why is it in the pantry in though? It. It's oh, so gross. You know, it's not even refrigerated. I don't like so anyway, <laughs> but she puts her hand in it and just puts it in her mouth. I'm like, it's like smeared on the mouth. A I'm little like, bit. you nasty. You are nasty. <laughs> And then proceeds to flop down in her seat, grab she the don't remote, give it down. and she's watching one of Madeline's movies. Yeah, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> a black and white film that she then proceeds to rewind so she can watch Mallory Madeline die. Yeah, she's Madeline's getting strangled. Uh, she's getting strangled over and over again, and she's rewinding as the door. People are knocking at the door. She's being evicted. 
I know you're in there. Doom, 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 doom. This, she's just rewinding. She's just zoned in on watching this woman die. She's becoming so, a nutbag. Yeah, she's obsessed. Yeah. Absolutely obsessed with Madeline, who she blames for her her downfall in life and her weight gain and her now being evicted. Like, what in the world is... The cops come in, kick the door, take her out, and she's still fighting to see the TV. You're a crazy lady. Then she, next scene, she's in a crazy home. Uh, Insane asylum. Trying to get help. And another scene is when, uh, back to the scene when um, Madeline is trying to convince the woman there to give her something. You know, she was like, I'll pay you anything, you know, any amount of money. Money is no object. Like, dang, you're just going to spend the money like that. Um, and she's talking to this young, hot assistant. And while she's talking to her, they're like rotating around. This guy just appears out of nowhere. His name is Mr. Chaggle. I think that's I'm like, how did this dude appear? Because he's not in the room at first. Then the then the camera rotates. And, and when she talks, like he's there. He's in the house. Like, is he a vampire? <laughs> like. In the world. And he's the one who's like, only a select group of people. And he gives her a business card. And, and this dude's stuff. eye is like yeah. mad twitching, like some plastic surgery going wrong. He has to like actively stop it from twitching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a good actor. Like seeing that Tim do that. So I was like, oh, is it the, is it the surgery or is it, did he also as well take the potion? And we discover later on, he is like kind of leading this group. Close the doors, everyone. Close the door. So we like, oh, we find out, like, oh, okay, he's taking a post. So maybe his eyes are jacked up. It's maybe he's getting and dusty. Fell and yeah, it's getting dusty. Mm. Uh, another scene I had is when I was going. To, my bad to cut you off, but when he was showing her that card, <laughs> and she said, "Only a select group of people." When he throws, he throws up the OK sign on both hands. When he does, only a select group. I was like, oh. <laughs> What's going on? Uh-oh. Hey, anyhow, I just thought that was interesting. He did that. Signals and signs. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so then the scene was when um, Madeline does decide to actually make her way to uh, Leslie's home. No, is it is it Leslie? Yeah, Leslie. Madeline. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, Madeline makes her way to Leslie's home. Uh-huh. The... Uh, Succubus. I don't know what to call her, but yeah. she seems like she's she's in like she's, a vampire or something. She's in some stuff. She's in she's in the mix. Yeah, it's a, a select group of people in Hollywood or Beverly Hills or wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah, this woman is barely wearing anything at all. Very very comfortable in her own skin in her own home. But she's dressed very, very much so like a Josephine Baker kind of thing. She's got like a, a skirt on, no normal top. It's a bunch of jewels covering. <laughs> it's just beads covering up. Covering like she her, came her back breasts. from New Orleans or something. She's got beads over her stuff. Yeah, she's calm and she's got these men servants that are just like slaves. Like, yeah. just like, and she tells one guy, you keep your ass close by. Like, <laughs> whatever, okay. <laughs> Everybody's walking around. You know, looks are deceiving. She said, you know, she says she's 71 years old. Anyhow. Yeah. And so then, and then she says, she tells her, Madeline, you know, Madeline asks what the, what the price will be for the, uh, the potion. And she's like, for you, you know, the paltry price, it's, it's, it's different for each person. She writes a number down, shows it to Madeline. We don't get to see it as an audience. And then she burns it. And Madeline's first like, forget about it. You know, whatever the price was, she thinks it's too high. But then mm-hmm. uh, Leslie takes a knife and boom, pricks Madeline's finger. Madeline whines like a little, ah, like makes such a big, like, okay, it's a prick on the finger. And then she says, wait. And then she takes a little bit of the potion and Drops on Madeline's finger, and then we see the 
the heat of the potion begin to take effect and her whole hand begins to light up and then all of a sudden they, they see the the spots on it go away and it, it becomes vitalized and then the wound heals. Yeah. And of course She's the next man now. <laughs> and so Madeline writes the check, cuts the check. She said, Are checks okay? <laughs> as soon as that happens, it's like at first it was not a big deal. At first it was too much money, but when she saw that, she said, Oh, checks are fine. Checks are fine. Mm. And of course, like so she she gives the check. Then she drinks the potion, and right she, right after she drinks the potion, then she says, "A warning for you." And she's like, "Now, warning." <laughs> How she delivers her lines are great. Yeah, that cracks me up. She's like, "A warning now," <laughs> and, and now a warning. Now a warning. Mm. Wow. And I'll, I'll quote the line a little bit later on, but it's it's actually on second view. I'm like, "Oh, that quote is very important." Yeah, very important. Um, but then, so the point, the, the, my favorite part of the scene is that afterwards, she's getting ready to leave and she stops and she looks in the mirror and um, we see her butt like. Yeah, everything's tightening up. Yeah, like the cheeks go up, like right, left, pop, like pop, I get in place. <laughs> and then she turns around and her, and her, her, her breasts come closer they get perky and again. raise up. <laughs> There's and, a quote, I don't know who says it, when you're young, they pop out. When you're old, they fall out. Oh. <laughs> It gets real, <laughs> but yeah, that that scene is uh, it's pretty mm. memorable, indeed. Um, uh, I just like it when they're in a car. I don't where are they coming back from. It's it's um, Madeline Ashton and her husband, and he's like breathing like <sighs> oh, they're on their way to to to, to Helen's uh, book signing. Ah, oh, that's right, and she's like. Could you not just breathe? And then you just stop. <laughs> like those little juxtapositions are like, she is so like aggressive to this dude. He's She's just- terrible. She is absolutely <laughs> terrible to this man. I tell you what, oh, man, like uh, this, this is actually, I, I thought was memorable. It's right at the beginning mm-hmm. when Helen is, is, is airing her grievances with Ernest about how she's, you don't know how, how Madeline is she's she's taking other guys away from me yada yada and he's trying to assure her look honey you're being paranoid mm-hmm. I I I only love you I don't want anything to do with Madeline also because of dun, 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 yeah, dun. cut to and it's him <laughs> kissing Madeline at their wedding I'm like oh man that's just it's heartbreaking but it's funny the way it, they the, cut that together and Helen is like pulling that that handkerchief again and like this time blood's yeah. coming down her thumb it's like oh wow she this is it she took her fiance man yeah that, but that's that rough that's bad it is really bad um wow um man the the scene when we all when she's just basically pushed the doc what's his name dr ernest ernest dr ernest so when she's pushed dr ernest so far, um, talking about a sexual, like, you're flaccid. Flaccid, ooh. It's like, you better stop talking to me like this. <laughs> she pushed him too far. I need a real man who's not flaccid. And she's already cheating on him. Yes. She's got, she's got other lovers around town that everybody knows about. Apparently. Yeah. And her, and even like her, her tipping point was uh, Dakota, the guy that she's sleeping around with, was like, he's a younger guy, and he's just like, Got a young girl at his house. You see, a young woman. And, and but I think what her term more is that you know it's a young woman, not somebody's older. And so she was just like, he was like, find somebody your own age. And then 
she, the scene after that is when she's driving in her. It starts raining, and she's driving the rain to to go get this magic potion. The thing that really pisses me off, yeah, and this speaks to her vanity. She's driving, she's crying, and there's rain falling, and then she happens to look in the side view and sees her face, and she screams because her makeup's <laughs> running. She's like, ah, and she slams on her brakes, yes, in a rainy street in the middle of the of the road. Man. Another car's going. I'm like, man, you get the horn. <laughs> you crazy? What are you doing out here? Like that would have caused an accident, straight up in the rain, man. For your makeup, get out of here. But she's in her own world. She only cares about herself. That's all she cares about. And then, so that scene, I think, is just important. That's the backdrop. And then she's got all this confidence. So she's talking about your flaccid. Da 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 da. And he's, he chokes her. You know that wasn't the plan, but he's like jumped the plan. He's got all of a sudden he's going to choke the hell out of her and kill her. And yeah. her her feet are like moving real fast backwards. Like that's com comedy. You know it's funny. I think that's coming off since they'd already done Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I oh. felt I felt there's some elements of that. Yeah. Which I'll yeah go ahead and finish your part. Okay. I'll, I'll and in. then just when it goes from that to her falling backwards and he's not doing anything about it he was about to save her and then she's she, teetering like unnaturally yeah, teetering yeah, like, like a like a like a okay nobody does this. gravity doesn't work <laughs> she's yeah. help me and he and then she says something else and he he's like she, he was about to help she's like doing the girl voice help 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 me help me help me hurry up you wimp and then he just lets her go he pushes her oh he did he's at one yeah. thing he's like ding, ding. and she takes that and then it turns real all of a sudden it's that first drop crack that, that, that neck. neck oh man that stunt the stunt person oh man salad because <laughs> <laughs> like, those stairs are very hard there's yeah. no carpet yeah not very forgiving <laughs> but they, know, they know how to take a fall but it was a combination of real person and CG yeah, yeah mannequins it looked like mannequin and real person yeah and that, CG those sound effects there. those sound effects sounded crazy crunchy yeah <laughs> Crunch it, but here's here's why I mentioned Who Framed Roger Rabbit because when when Helen shows up while Madeline's getting this taking this potion and Helen shows up in the rain and mm -hmm. Helen had been practicing also how she was going to sound and said oh you know is 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 Madeline here I need to see Madeline and and he's like no she's 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 still out and she's like oh thank God and she yeah. just drops her umbrella but when she walks in she's wearing her little red outfit oh yeah that's and she's right she's got her hair down she looks like Jessica Rabbit absolutely from Who Framed Roger that's how I'm like I'm like wait a minute mm. like that's the vibe that I got straight up and there's some kind of like. Cause who Framed Roger Rabbit has some like darker, oh yeah, like tones to it, and I just, I just, just come in my mind like Christopher Lloyd, like he's anyway, but, <laughs> but yeah, so it's like some of those vibes are kind of there, and I think some of those things kind of work their way into uh, into this film, especially again the some of the cartoon aspect of, of her teetering on the back of her heels mm -hmm. at the edge of the stairs, absolutely. Anyway, so that kind of just came to mind. Um, when she tells Doctor after she falls down and we discover like, oh, she survived. You know, how does she do this? She says, I think I need a doctor. Cut to Doc, you know, Bruce Willis going to the he's driving the car, smashes into an ambulance. Oh, wait, was, oh, wait, before you explain that, I just, I just want to make mention of her resurrecting the yeah. way that scene plays out. Because oh, yes. once she hits the ground, Ernest is tripping out and he he runs the phone. Calls Helen, yeah, and and he's telling her, "I did it! I did it! I killed her!" And can you imagine that being like a recording that the operator plays back in court? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> You're done, son. You're done. <laughs> like, 
And Helen's just calm. She's like, she was like, you dumb. Yeah, she's like, that wasn't part of the plan. What part of the plan did you not understand? I explained to you three times. <laughs> yes. Like she's she's got the mind, right? She's the she's the the writer and all that. But the cool thing is that while he's explaining this, right, and this is a trope, right? While somebody's explaining something, a body in the background yes. gets up. Yeah. And the fact that it's this backwards head turned around thing. Yeah. It's just like the the acting they had that she had to do to pull that off. Yeah. And figure out how to walk backwards and make her way over to him I just I don't know it, it's it's because we don't expect that initially as the audience no. that she's going to get at me like oh shoot wait a minute she's- yeah because he's in the foreground she's in the background and mm-hmm. we see it developing he has no clue no idea and of course she's right back on it you pushed me and just the boom accusation right there anyway but he just I- falls into the middle of the couch get away from me get out of- <laughs> oh, <laughs> he screamed yes that's uh, his first <laughs> scream like get it Bruce get the hit, hit, hit them octaves but yeah, that's uh, that, that was I don't know that was pretty uh, pretty awesome, man. Um, so I think it's funny that they go to the do- you know I need a doctor, so they go to the doctor, and when they get there, it's our it's a doctor from it's Sidney Pollock from Eyes Wide Shut. He was the doctor that played the doctor in there that was trying to help with the prostitute. Remember the prostitute that, that died, and they're trying to cover it up. It's been a while. Yeah. So, but he's he's a doctor, but he's. Someone died, you know, someone overdosed, and he's trying to figure out how to cover it up and trying to calm Tom Cruise down because of this, because Tom Cruise just discovered this new world that's happening. And he's like, hey, calm down, you know, he's, you know, you have no idea who's in this society. Da, 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 da. And he's trying to calm him down. I was like, I just find it interesting that Cindy Pollock is playing the doctor that's discovering this dead person that's alive. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think that's funny. And then. <laughs> He is so jarred by the situation. <laughs> he doesn't come back. And then uh, Bruce Willis' character goes to look for him. He says, I need a doctor. Where is he at? Did we discover that he's, he's had a heart attack? <laughs> <laughs> he's on the table. They're working on him. That was, that was hilarious. It's like, <laughs> this situation jarred this dude so bad. He was, he was like, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I'm a tying. I'm, I'm out the game. <laughs> I think. I think he even. No, she says that. I'm, I'm gonna get a second opinion or something like that. Yeah, he like, said, I'm gonna get a second opinion. Lee. <laughs> oh He's man, done. Whew. Um. Yeah, I know. And even like when he initially, because he because he asked her like, "What's going on with your?" Because he, he checks her her hand or wrist, and he's like, "What's going on? With something with your neck?" And she yeah. like does something like he just like he, he goes, "Oh, <laughs> he steps back." <laughs> that, he, this dude's acting in it is, is Sydney is stealing the show yeah, right now. He's his his that whole scene is <laughs> is hilarious. He is absolutely on it. Um, my next memorable scene is <clears throat> is when. You know, Helen has snuck her way back into the house mm-hmm. again. It was like the second time she's gotten past the gates and gotten in the house. So she's got skills. Yeah. And now she's talking with Ernest and she's like, okay, you know, Ernest is telling her that, 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 that uh, Madeline's upstairs resting. So she's not resting. She's dead. And she's talking trash. You know, she's, you know, she's a, she's a bad this, that, and she's, she's a bad actress. And while she's doing that, we're, we're oh, seeing, man. we're seeing Madeline's hand that she's listening in. We see her hand on the, 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 the kind of corner of the wall yeah. against on, on the wood. And we said, she's a bad actress. And we see Madeline's fingernails <laughs> just scrape down the wood, peeling it. Yes. Yeah, that's one thing she did not want to hear. That's what, 
that's enough to piss her off to shoot somebody. Yeah, and that's what she does. Like we see her come down the steps, and um, and then she, you know, she she kind of talks to to Ernest and Helen a little bit, but then she she leaves and goes into the other room. Ernest follows her, and as he walks into that room, all of a sudden we see like the kind of the the flapping of one of the cases yeah, the doors. Yeah. And the shotgun is missing yeah. and she's circled back around. Now she's behind Helen. He was trying to tell him, he's like, Oh, it's getting real bad. I think you should leave. He's <laughs> like, he, he knows his girl and she's just walking around. I was like, I think you should leave. And then Helen, <laughs> Helen turns around and Madeline's got the shotgun. Blah! So it's funny when he looks at the shotgun that is missing, he does a double take and the way he does his double take is just over the top. It's hilarious. Mm. And it's too late because she's already at Helen. And she blasts Helen. And we see Helen fly in, uh, into their courtyard and land in their pond. Dude, that scene is spectacular because that's a real person in the air that's being launched. Because you see their arms flailing. They caught some air for real. That is a dangerous stunt. Like, they could have hit the edge on, I, you know, I don't know if it's styrofoam. I don't know what it is. Right. But it looks dangerous. Because yeah, that person's to. in the air at least eight feet. Yeah, they had the. I'm sure they worked out the trajectory and all that good stuff. <laughs> and it's it's such a well done stunt. You go back and look at that. It was just like, oh man. Yeah, because they. I mean, they got a good little distance to travel. <laughs> and sploosh, they they hit that they and they landed it perfect. Yeah, oh, dude. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, once again we have we have Ernest and Madeline in the in the in the in the background and they're arguing and we're kind of we were seeing the camera kind of pan up. And we see Helen, her face come up out of the pool, and she already looks very pale. Yeah. Colors drain out of her face. She's drowned. But also, as she stands up, we see the gaping hole yeah. in her sternum. Yeah. And the camera is is shooting through that. Yeah. And we, 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 we still see Ernest and Madeline arguing. I think that's one of those the visual effects is just like, wow, for its time, like, this is pretty genius. Or they pull it <laughs> off. And um, yeah, it's just honestly, this is a cool, cool moment, cool effect, cool scene. Uh, part of, back to when she said she's a bad actress, and then when she and then when she was talking, it's like it's alive. <laughs> so oh, she said, yeah, it's alive. So that's like a call, like like a Frankenstein callback. Yeah, like straight up Frankenstein call back. Oh, when um, when she shoots Helen. You know, just seeing uh, Bruce Willis' character just like, that was stupid. That was stupid. Um, the police, the the police, Madeline, the police, just like he's just like, every, he's just tripping out of everything that's happening. He's like, I can't believe they're doing this. And like, surprised he ain't fell out over. Well, initially, when he sees Madeline resurrect, he's like, it's a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> and then once he sees Helen resurrect, it's another miracle. It's like it's not a miracle, you dummy. She took the potion. And then he said, and then like later on he said, "Wait, I don't think this is a miracle. I don't think this is a miracle." <laughs> no, sir. No, it's not. But that's a that's a it's kind of a cool revelation. Once we see Helen get up, I think we all know as an audience, like, oh. Wait a minute. Yeah, so we had no idea. We just thought that she was did it the the honest way and just worked hard. Worked hard. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Shortcut. Cheat code. Cheat code. And but, so that's a cool way to understand that she's taking that too. But way before, she said she took it like in like eighty five or something like that. Like she gives a year. October 26, 1985 or six, the same year that uh, Marty McFly went to 
the fifties. Back in time, we went to the fifties. Mm. That same day. That same day. What? Yeah. Way to catch that, Reginald. It's trivia. <laughs> it's the Zemeckis verse. Yes. Yeah, so they Up exist in, in the same verse universe. Whoa, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Huh. Maybe that's how Doc Brown been around so long. Hey, Watch out there. Hey, he got never, family money. He, he got never, that old money. That's true. You never know. What's going on, Doc? Marty. Marty. They're all in California, too. <laughs> oh, that's true. Not too far away. I don't know. That's true. And Doc had that procedure done on his face <laughs> in part number two. Oh, man. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Huh. Uh, the other uh, scene I had that was memorable was when Helen and Madeline are fighting mm-hmm. and uh, Madeline grabs up the broken off piece of her shovel oh, yeah. and throws it uh-huh. at Helen, but it goes perfectly through the hole in Helen's torso yeah. and and lands in the couch. Yeah. And it almost seemed like a sport for a moment because Helen's like, yes, oh, no, oh, damn it. <laughs> Yeah, just her her reaction in that moment. Of yes, the, no, no, oh, damn it! Like the range of emotions, is like Meryl Streep is the truth, man. She's solid, Streep monster. She's on it, man. She is on it. That's all I had for favorite or memorable scenes. I'm sure there's more. I like the whole film, but you know, the last one I got is, is at, at the very end when they're mm-hmm. walking down. Ah, leaving, that is very memorable. Funeral. Leaving the funeral, and they all look kind of janky with the way they're oh, moving. Oh man, and they're starting the the, the peeling. Thirty seven years later, right? Yeah, yo. So They've we're talking. So okay, fourteen years from seventy eight would have been ninety two. Mm. So thirty seven years later from ninety two would have been. Uh, Whoa! It's we. Let's see. It's math time, people. 37 years. Yeah, so 92. 1992 plus 37. This tw- 2027. 20, oh. Not yet, but soon. Yeah. So, but when they, you know, they they were trying to find whatever that, what was the thing they were looking for? It was some glue, some kind of something to spray on. Spray on glue oh. or something. Or, or <laughs> spray paint. Yeah. And they're sitting there right at the tip of the seven, and they... No, she doesn't even step on it. She just happens to. She, she yeah, slip back on it. Yeah, she yeah, she slips back on it, and, and then the same. She's thing, doing the tilt. The, the tilt <laughs> and the gravity not working right for whatever reason, <laughs> and and she just gets mad and she just grabs old girl and pulls her with her. Yeah, and we see them like shatter like china dolls, just pieces. That's rough. And yet their heads are still able to talk. Do you know where you parked the car? That's it's rough. Like, wow, that's. I'm like, what kind of life is this? It isn't. Like they can't die. Ugh. And they're still trying to look cute. <laughs> they trying. That's like the only purpose in life. Like yeah, it's uh like no. Like you like I don't think you could ever like look based on what their body parts look like, like you're never gonna reproduce and all they're all they're doing is maintaining one another. And yeah. they've they've had to become I guess maybe maybe it's what I don't know. I guess they've become professional morticians. They look terrible, so they're they, not even good at that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're 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 they're. I don't know. They're all. I don't know. They're <laughs> they're somewhat animated. They're not good at it, so it's like it's yeah, it's jank. Like how do their muscles still work to be able to smile or whatever when all that stuff? I don't know. 
it's supposed to. Uh, yeah, I mean, because here's here's my thing. They were told to you know, take care of themselves, right? Yeah. Take and care of your bodies. Take care. And at the very beginning, when they get pricked and they're bleeding, and they and that little drop of that formula, it it heals, mm-hmm. right? It it heals them. It heals the wound and revitalizes. Mm-hmm. So why isn't it revitalizing anymore? What is something is there? Is there a transaction that happens once you like die and the heart stops beating, where it can't revitalize like it did before? Why is it not revitalizing their bodies now? That's my question. Oh, I got you. Yeah, because they died. Because they're dead. But they still are able to reanimate, but they don't rejuvenate. Yeah, because they've killed their body. But why isn't it healing? It's enough for them to come back to life, to move and function. Why isn't it? Why isn't it? Why didn't it heal up the hole in our body? Why does it rejuvenate their skin? It rejuvenated them before. It took oh, them. I see what you're saying. Yes. So it should stop them from dying, basically. I mean, I'm saying you could still die for that moment, but then once you resuscitate and come back, why doesn't everything else heal? Why do they stop healing? Because my thing is that the, the initial prick on the thumb, there's blood, and that gets healed. Right. And the, and the, and it reverses time. But now it's not reversing. So so when she broke, remember she died. She broke her neck. Mm-hmm. That killed her. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. It's like a threshold you pass. Yeah. So, okay, if it was just a broken bone and that's it and you didn't die, maybe that bone heals up. But if you die, it don't work no more. <laughs> it, like, it doesn't work in that way anymore because yeah. you don't have you're You're dead. So your heart no longer pumps blood throughout your body. You're dead. You're just a uh, animated but, corpse. But what makes you come? What makes you able to even get back up and move around? Like there's, I don't know. It's, that's, it's, 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 maybe it that's the magic. curse of it. Yeah, there is some magic because even with with uh, with Helen, <laughs> she's got a, a hole in her sternum. Part of her spinal column is gone. So she's basically dead. She should not be able to. Maybe that's move. why she walked like that. <laughs> yeah, like you got no spinal column to even just like support you. Yeah. Let alone your brain is sending signals to move the rest of your body. Like, no, that's a wrap. Like They're the walking dead. They're zombies, basically. Yeah, that's where the magic Yeah. That's where the magic comes so in. So once the heart stops and you die, that's when that part takes over. She doesn't even have a heart anymore. That hole in her is Well it was so in the big. abdomen. It was in the stomach. It was in the uh stomach part. That's a hole. She's her hole is big. <laughs> <laughs> his, his lungs, all that's gone. Oh, yeah. They're they clearly gonna breathe. It's yeah. she's got like nothing. Man, like, like Done. I, said, I guess they don't eat or anything. It's, no, they died. So they both died, and so they're just animated corpses, basically. Man, what a... But it would have been better if they didn't die, and they could, like, kind of live it out, and, like, uh, like the what's the lady's name that they got the potion from? Leslie. Yeah, like, they could be like Leslie and be, like, all luscious and stuff. Leslie's got it going on still. Yeah, yeah, because she took care of herself. She didn't kill it. She didn't die. She made no enemies. Yeah, she didn't. You got a bunch of men, man servants around her. Yeah, she's, she's swimming in 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 uh, clear high heels in 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 in, in, in her pool, in her like, infinity I'm pool. Like, I one potions. Like she's she's protected, yeah. and, and and pulling other people in. Like, who do you sign a deal with? Because why? And why do you? Why are you the purveyor of the potion? Like, what's Leslie's story? Where the, who's creating it? Mm. What's it created from? Oh, the souls of. There, there are some, um, some conspiracy theories. Questions. Did you notice? I, I didn't catch it the first time, but when they're all in that room towards the end, like some of the like, like there's like a Marilyn Monroe lookalike in there. Oh, we we clearly see the Elvis. Yeah, we definitely like, see Elvis because she she even tells she tells Madeline she goes, look, once you take this, like ten years from now, you got to move away. 
Yeah. You you can't you can't you can't be around that's anymore. Right. You gotta that's you right. gotta give up your career and you gotta move. She said you can fake your death. You can do whatever. That's like exactly. So that's what we see these other people who kind of died on the mysterious. I, I noticed the Marilyn Monroe and I noticed an Elvis, and I'm sure there's some other impersonators there, but yeah. those are the two that stood out to him. Like, oh, okay, okay, Hollywood. He's like, and they, they got that, that, that Mr. Uh, Cheval or whatever says, you know, you can't come back around making appearances. You know who you are. Yeah, and they kind of show. <laughs> oh, what in the world? Ah, uh, conspiracy tropes. Got a couple of troops. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, going to the place or person you initially dismissed. Dang. So we initially see Madeline when she gets the card from um, Old Boy. Mm-hmm. She's like, weirdo. Yeah, Tears the card up. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, she eventually goes to Leslie. As soon as Dakota gives her the cold shoulder because he's got a new hot thing. And she sees her face in the, in the <laughs> rear view. Ah! Um... Tropes TV, uh, someone watching TV that's kind of using it as a foreshadow. So we see Goldie Hawn seeing her, seeing uh, Madeline been like choked out. And then, you know, that happens later. Mm. Just choked out. Um, A woman tests a man by introducing them to an attractive friend. Oh. How so about that? she literally told her that later on. She was like, I just wanted to see if you could pass the Madeline test. Please don't fail. Sorry about that. You have nothing to worry about. Well, it's just dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Sorry about that. Um, tropes. Kiss on the cheek. So Helen gives Madeline a kiss on the cheek once, the, you know, she invited her to her, uh, was it a publicity party or something Book like signing. that? Book signing. A book signing. Yeah, so she kisses on the cheek. So basically, yeah, just. El beso de muerte. Oh. Kiss of death, but oh. also Madeline did that to her at the beginning when oh. you saw her in her dressing room. And they, they both specifically put a lipstick stain oh. on the cheek. Dirty, dirty dog. Mm. Uh, drinking from a flask. When it rains, it pours. And when Dakota shut down uh, Madeline, it she started crying. It started. It just rained. It started raining on her head. Like there's a cloud that came out of nowhere to start pouring on her head. Mm. Uh, an insanely accurate throw by an, an, an unathletic person. So <laughs> he's been practicing, though. He's been practicing. Oh, he's got the dartboard, but yeah. I'm sorry, he's, he's been miss, he was missing on the dartboard yeah, too. His doc's not an athlete. He's not, he's no athlete. <laughs> Today is the day. He's got the steady hands of a surgeon. I'll give him that. Yeah. But he's a he's a drunk too. Like yeah. this guy's not qualified. Sure. But yet. Life on the line. Yeah. Old boy came through and made this once in a lifetime throw yeah. to hit that power switch. Like he's like, oh, it came back to play. It was cool to see it come back into play. We see it earlier. Was like, the drunk version isn't so so handy. But he's you know he's he's getting sober. He's he's his mind's clearer than it's been in a long time. It is. He was ready to start his new life. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, as you alluded earlier, the lady in red. Uh huh. Uh, I have the, the the rooftop chase that leads to someone dangling off a ledge or hanging uh, for their life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Dangling. Your death is near. Or like falling and you thought you're going to die. And you fall into a pool. Fall into a pool. How many times I, I almost, have we seen that? I almost I almost put that on there. Well, and like, what yeah, movie? We've seen that in Constantine. We've seen that in well, no, Rush Hour. She actually died in that one. Yeah, Rush <laughs> Hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, no, she didn't do that. 
<laughs> Which you probably would die if that happened. Yeah, that, the pools aren't that deep. <laughs> yeah, you, you better be in the deep end. You better you better jump real far. <laughs> oh, remember we're done. Add solo, that pool. I'm gonna do it. Ah! Missed the pool. <laughs> Yo, dumbass! <laughs> you better not die in my car. Oh man. Oh, that guy was dumb. Oh, anyway, sorry. Tangent. Um. It was all the tropes that I had. I had something. I don't know why I said the story. I have something called the story. Don't know what I mean by that one. Mm. Um, drink speech, though, was one of my last ones. Drink speech. When uh, is her name? Is Isabella. What's her name? I'm never going to get it right. Leslie. Leslie. Hmm. Uh, the live forever speech. You know, you always have the person that's doing the speech that is like the combination of everything and is like over the top. It's the monologue. It's the villain monologue. She's monologue. Live forever. And she's like overselling it. And he's about to drink it. And she just it's just one point too many. He's like, wait a second. She's like, you have to do it. But you didn't. Yeah. So my question for you, is she really a villain? She's offering. Yeah. Eternal life. So, yeah. She's living well. Then what? All these other people are living well. So we think. It's, it's only the two really jealous, hateful we don't know. people. We never really get a chance to see other people in the secret society, what they really feel about their situation. They, they can't be seen. They can't do their career anymore in the public. That's why Elvis made his little public appearance. Cause, uh, they, they look at least healthy, though. They're, they, they look... I don't know. They... they <laughs> They had the warning. They heed. I think they heeded the warning. These two did not. Yeah. And their own their own hate and spitefulness towards each other. If they had talked it out before they, you know, com- well got killed. Yeah. Then uh, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't have been so bad. Yeah. Honestly, Helen's Helen would have been all right if <laughs> if old boy didn't didn't kill old girl so soon. She would have been okay because old yeah. girl would have. Mm-hmm. No, it's, that still wouldn't have worked because she still would have come back. They still could have drugged her with the alcohol stuff, but she may have woken up before they got her in the car and, and pushed her over the ledge in the fire. I think that's maybe one way you can you can die from this thing. I think if you burn, you're not going to rejuvenate. Yeah. Burn. Fire. That's what it is, the story. So when Helen is explaining to Ernest how they're going to kill Helen... It's like a voiceover. Madeline. Yeah. Tripping. Names. names. Uh, (laughs) We uh, we see the whole play out of how the how it's going to work, because Helen is laying the whole plan out and it's being illustrated how she falls over the side. Car blows up. They love each other forever. And and they're repeating the lines like as she's saying this, then like. Like, oh, there's somebody who is uh, driving uh, recklessly or whatever. And then you see Ernest saying, oh, there's someone who's driving recklessly as he's reporting yeah. her to the police. Yes. And they'll say that she had, you know, had it come or whatever. And you see the corner. Oh, she was, you know, alcohol level, blood alcohol level. You know? Holding she up her wrist is like crispy. Mm. She had it coming. She had it coming. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I meant by the story. Okay. Quotes. Yeah, just a few quotes here. <laughs> Got a I probably cut it down. Oh, this is specifically what um, Ernest says to Helen when she's worried about her leaving him. She says, "Darling, I have absolutely no interest in Madeline Ashton." <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, 
when uh when Helen is in the psychiatric ward and she's kind of like off to herself, still doing not to herself, but in a group of other crazy women, she's kind of rubbing the handkerchief again, and the the lead psychiatrist like, um, Helen, you've been quiet today. Is there anything that you want to talk about? And she's just kind of rocking. Everybody's just looking at her. She said, I, I want to talk about. Madeline Ashton and all the other people like no make uh, it stop make it stop <laughs> <laughs> one lady starts hitting the other it's like nah, 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 nah. <laughs> it's bad she must have talked about her a lot and the doctor is one of the actresses from 227 that's right yeah I yes. was like hey absolutely sister I see you sister I don't know your name but uh but yeah, I but I seen you I, seen I know you. where to find you at 227 uh Oh, this is a, a line that uh, Helen says to both Madeline and Ernest at mm-hmm. her book signing party. I have never blamed you. Like she's yeah. setting them both up, like to juxtapose them, like yeah. appeasing Madeline and then working her way in with, with Ernest. I have never blamed you. Yeah. It was so and so's fault. Like, oh, she's got this planned out in her mind. But Helen, uh, Madeline is super nosy and is going to figure it out. And so while she's talking to him, she sees her saying this to Ernest. So she's like, I got your game. Mm. Get your little game. Um, so when the lady, when Madeline is back at the place and she's trying to get some uh, her collagen and all this other stuff done, this young lady that's dressed in this little skimpy outfit, she got a brisk kind of like sitting up um, nurse outfit. Yeah, she's trying to like we no, you can't do this. You, you only every six months, and then um, Madeline is like, you just sit there with your twenty-two-year-old tits that set up like a rock. <laughs> How she delivers her lines is great, and she stops and kind of looks down at her at her own chest, like, oh, uh-huh. <laughs> it is what it is. It is true. <laughs> um, so this is uh, Lisa when she's when she's talking to Madeline, trying to convince her. About the potion, she says, it's a touch of magic in a world obsessed with science. <laughs> like, wow, that's, yeah, so, that's, uh, that's exactly it. Uh, when, when Dakota, you, you know, um, Matt, because she's seen Helen lie to Ernest and all that stuff, uh, Ernest is looking back at the old pictures with him and, and Helen and whatever he's thinking. Then he hears her, her heels Across the hallway downstairs, she's on her way out the door to go see Dakota to get her something for the night. Mm. And that's when we, she discovers that oh, there's another person here, and then she's like, "What's going on? You have somebody else here?" And he's like, "Uh, uh, uh, uh at least lie quickly." Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. I'm trying. <laughs> that is a a very angry and annoyed person. At least lie quickly. It's like, oh man, that's, uh, she ain't got time for that. Man, Streep is ruthless, man, in this one. Absolutely. Uh, this, once again, is uh, Lisa. Again, the line I alluded to take care of yourself. You and your body are going to be together a long time. That's the crux right there. Mm-hmm. That is the uh, fine print. That's the warning. <laughs> When, That's the trope. Which one? Don't heed the warning. Ah, <sighs> there you go. Um, when Madeline Ashton, when we see the the potion is lifting up her breast and her butt, and she's slimming up, she turns around to the camera and she says, "I'm a girl." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had the same line. Uh, this is after Madeline has died, come back 
had her neck dislocated and is now berating Ernest about having died. And he's freaking out. He says, look, look at your body. Look at your body. And she looks down. She says, my ass. I can see my ass. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Like, what? Uh, that's, that's a bad situation. <laughs> Something right. Yes. Um, when Ernest and uh, Madeline are going at it, the, right before he chokes her out, you know, they're having like some words. And right right when he's like kind of putting his foot down, hey, I'm tired of this. I'm going to, he's telling him what he's going to do. He stops. He's like, you changed your hair? And she says, what an eye. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we already mentioned something to the line, so I'll go to this. Um, oh, okay. Once again, this is Lisa at, at the end. After Ernest makes the miracle miracle uh, throw and takes off running, she says, relax. He won't get far. Not for his age. Oh, <laughs> dang. What is it called? Ageism? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is ageism. Like they, 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 they back on Ernest. Because even when he shows up in the in the the party, they're like, "Wait, that's Ernest. Oh, he still looks terrible." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's all the quotes that I have. I got a few more. Um, I like when she when when Madeline when she falls down and uh, just the reaction of Bruce Willis, Ernest, he's just like, "Oh boy, oh boy," <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> Oh man, he is flustered. He, he's a mess. He is a mess. <laughs> when she gets up and she's finna call nine one one, but you know she still hasn't realized that she like her butt is her neck is facing the wrong way. Yeah, she was like, "What is it, nine one what?" And she's like, "You're in the shit house now, pal." <laughs> <laughs> When uh, when they're at the at the um, when they're talking when they're at the hospital, the doctor is kind of like laying out the list. Everything is wrong with her. He was like, he's like, oh, okay, kids. Uh, <laughs> he sits down. <laughs> he says, your wrist is fractured in three places. You shattered two vertebrae. I can't really be certain without X-rays, but that protrusion through your skin that's not good. <laughs> your body temperature is below eighty, and your 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 heart your heart stopped beating. And then, and then Ernest is like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> He's like, exactly. Exactly. I think I'm going to get a second opinion. <laughs> I'm going to get the hell out of here and have a heart attack. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, man. They broke the dock. They broke the dock. Uh, yeah, man. Um, so, oh, I got one more I just thought of. This is after... Uh, after the after he had shot Helen, yeah, no, yeah, after Helen's been shot and she still hasn't resurrected yet, and you know, Ernest thinks about calling the cops, and Madeline's like, "What are you gonna do?" She goes, "When the cops show up here and, and there's two two dead people," she goes, "I was all I gotta do is lay down and and stop breathing." She goes, "Can't nobody play dead like me." Uh, I was like, "Yo, facts, conniving, yeah, man, no scruples, you can't win, Ernest." Oh man, um, I don't know who. Uh, I think it when the doctor's gone, Ernest was like, uh, he goes, "I'm gonna examine you myself." And he's like, "Quit touching me!" And he's like, "You're in violation of every law known to man, or mm. uh, every natural law that I know." And that's when her her eyes dart open, like, "Oh, natural laws, natural law." That that's yeah. a theme right there. Yeah, 
Natural law. And then one of the other last things was the, uh, she after he finds out the doctor has had a heart attack, he comes back to the room and his wife is gone. And then the lady was like, I'm sorry for, you know, your loss and everything. So where'd you put my wife? She's in the morgue. The morgue. She'll be furious. <laughs> He's like almost like a little kid. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he is scared of this lady. Yeah. Terrified. Well, man, it's it's double back. He tried to kill her. Now he's like, I can't even help. I can't even kill this person. Like, yes. I am screwed. Yes, yes. Oh man, whew, that was a good one. Um, any questions for the filmmakers? And yes, I do have a couple of questions, Mr. Zemeckis. You please have a seat. Thank you, sir. Um, also to the uh, the writer, um, one Mr. Uh, Cope. And Mr. Donovan, please have a seat. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, I alluded to this before, but um, the, the potion itself, it can heal a finger from a cut, but uh, why can't it heal from death and decay? The world would never know. Mm. Magic. Mm. Touch of magic in a world obsessed with science. There you I, go. I, I do understand. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and how can Helen walk with a severed spinal cord? I don't know. Neither do I. <laughs> but again, this is the magic part. Right? Like magic is yes. magic. There's no explanation. For yeah, you, you can get away with a lot of plot points with that. You know, plot holes. I mean, or little holes and bodies, <laughs> gaping holes. Yeah. But no, that was that's that's it. Yeah. How about you? Any questions? I don't. Trivia. Uh, this this story was originally part of an anthology oh. of short stories and and, and originally um, Madeline was going to be was going to be a witch okay and just pushed her husband too far and he kills her and then she comes back to life and how it was written it was so intriguing like they ended up expanding it and it ended up getting uh, optioned the writer um what was I about to say? Oh, um, there was originally a different ending that was shot and everything. Really? Yeah. Um, what's the name's faked his death. Ernest faked his death. Ended up finding someone else to marry at a bar or something like that. And they catch up with him. Um, but it was like too much of a happier ending that they, when they did the test, they went back and did this ending, which is more of the classic. I like this one. You know, the Ernest finally gets his rest. Finds out he had a full second part of his life. Uh, did more things. Lived his life to the fullest. Left a family behind. Lived and, like a man. Yes. You know what I mean? Stepped it up. That's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he just had to find the right lady. That's all. And the first lady was okay. He just, he just, he got, he got sucked into that charisma, man. She had the sauce. She swooped him up. She got him with that performance. That when that first line, does it look like I need you yet? Ooh, that line was that was a slick line that she put on him. I was like, he's weak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then um, another one is just the writer. He he was he worked on a lot of films. Like his first four or five films were like some well renowned like directors, and they respected the craft of writing because they when you have to write a script, you kind of have an affinity for the uh, for the writers that have to do the stuff. Just like right. me in editing and writing, just like hey, how's it going over there? You know, what I'm <laughs> <laughs> doing all right. 
Yes, sir. So he thought he was treated well. So he thought writers were treated well in Hollywood. He was just, he's, I was just naive. You know, I didn't know. I thought I was spoiled. I thought that all writers were treated that way. Mm. But he didn't until he started working on, with other directors. He found out, like, hey, you're just in a doghouse. We'll call you when we need you. Oh, harsh reality. Absolutely. Um, that's all I had for trivia. You got any tips? Now it's time for filmmaker tips. What you got? Special effects should be used for the effects effects should support the characters and the story so Zemeckis says that he uses effects again when they're necessary for the sake of progression of the character obviously in this film death becomes her you know these scenes of of, of death decay and their bodies being destroyed you need uh, some pretty amazing effects to drive those points home just of just how I can't say indestructible. Uh, immortal they are, but their bodies are are not. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. So, but the effects pull that off. Yeah. The the, the broken neck, the blasted open torso. Yeah. Um, yeah. The effects are effective. <laughs> the cinema. Uh, they said that uh, because Samakis used the same cinematographer. Cinematographer. Cinematographer from Back to the Future, um, they kind of had a shorthand. So because of that, they were able to kind of talk and get things done quickly and develop their own cinematic style with, uh, with lighting. Ha ha! That's all I had for tips. Uh, the writer he was talking about how, um, or what, it might have been the art direct art production designer. He was talking about how they got to like shoot into like these big houses where people that don't have taste. <laughs> and so he said people that, you know, it was designed by tasteless people. Mm. And so that's the world that they're living in where they're concerned with other things, but they don't really have taste. Like, dang, that's kind of crazy. Also one thing, this is actually probably a little bit of, of trivia. Well, you know, like it just comes back to what we, we said before, you know, write what you know, or what you're experiencing. The uh, the writer obviously living in Hollywood, he was looking around and seeing. Oh no, he was living in Beverly Hills. That's right. And seeing the lifestyles of people, often doing a lot of plastic surgery and, and body transformation. This is kind of a, a take and a, a little bit of a dig at at uh, at that. Yeah, and so like the writer was explaining it. The way he was saying it was like it was kind of like crude. It was like, dang, this is. When was this interview done? Because I mean, people were scared to talk. Like how free he was talking. Uh, he's like, yeah, and people are like going. And that's what he said. He said people are getting these surgeries, and they they think they're okay, mm-hmm. and this world allows them to be in there, but they don't look natural. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like whoa. And I, I, you know, what I'm saying I feel kind of the same way. It's like if you don't be careful, you can kind of get addicted to stuff, and then you start really kind of harming yourself. You know, instead of kind of helping your lookout, it's like actually kind of harming you. And I and I feel like sometimes doctors take advantage of that. You know, for you know, get some dollar bills. Like, yeah, maybe maybe we can, uh, you know, maybe, Co- that cosmetic. We can find something to cut. You know, something to lift. Yeah, something to shift. You, you got those doctors, and you got the other doctors. Like, bro, like you've already we've already done two or three nose jobs. Like, that's it. You've reached your limit. Like, there's a limit to. There's nothing to cut. Yeah, well, people, again, have permanent expressions on their face. Always looking <laughs> surprised. Eyebrows way too high. Like, yikes. Yeah, but... Uh, Sorry about that. You know, it's... 
Uh, so he, uh, the writer, he, he, you can tell his disdain is kind of showing through, through like kind of like the Beverly. He, he just felt like it, it, it was interesting. It came from a, a certain place in his heart. Uh, but then you have another guy. I don't know if he was like the producer or he, he's a guy that had glasses on and he was just like, I grew up in Hollywood. So, yeah. you know, he was kind of more reluctant. He said, not bite the hand that feeds me, but you know, <laughs> So he, he was, was kind tre- of more tre- careful. He was, he, he was treading. He was like, uh. The writer, he was gone. The, the writer was free. He, yeah. he could do what he... He was speaking speaking his truth. Absolutely. So, man, overall, what'd you think? Solid film. Very enjoyable. Even you know, the sec- second watch, it was out. I caught more things that I didn't... Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a... This is a... I like this film a lot, man. I, I like it a whole lot. I was Woo! pleasantly surprised. Great recommendation, Reginald. Thank you, sir. Death becomes a... Yes. Absolutely. Um, what are we watching next? Next, we are going to wrap up our Robert Zemeckis run with the animation live-action hybrid Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, I remember that being at the house VHS... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's a classic. Oh, we're older. All right. And you can catch us where? Facebook.com forward slash filmmaker commentary. We're on iTunes, down SoundCloud. You was about to say Stitcher. I almost I was. went on Stitcher the other day and it was I had the had the little splash page. It's done. It's officially it's done. It's a wrap. Yeah, I was I was listening to it for the last few weeks and then I, it was about a, maybe four or five days ago I went back on there. Done, son. Done. Rest in peace, Stitcher Radio. We had some good times. Look, I have no interest in, in Stitcher. Man, little, little taps for, for Stitcher Radio. Uh, you know, it had, had a good run. I, man, True. I had a good decade with, with Stitcher, man. Same. Yeah, you introduced it to me, so yeah. Yeah. Scott. Yeah, but you can find us still on iTunes, SoundCloud. And Spotify. We are on Twitter. You can find him at Reggie Titus. I'm at KCG Smith 32. We're also on the gram at Filmmaker Commentary. He is at Reginald Titus Jr. That's JR. I'm at KCG Smith 32. Until next time, peace, respect.